Our reading from Acts that we read every Easter is quoting the Apostle Peter, who starts by saying, I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Let me tell you how profound it is that Peter said this. When he says, I truly understand, this has been a cataclysmic shift for Peter. Peter's story takes up the entirety of the Gospels because he is one of the first followers of Jesus. So I won't recount his whole journey, but I will tell you that he began with Jesus in his ministry and he stuck with Jesus through his ministry, returned to Jesus after he denied him, and here on the other side of Jesus' resurrection, he is finding a way to live into what it means as a follower of Jesus. And Peter, who is a devout Jew, has always understood that Jesus came not to abolish the law and the prophets, but to fulfill the law and the prophets. And Peter takes that seriously. One of the things that he takes seriously is keeping the Torah and following the instruction therein, among which is male circumcision. Now, this was not much to be talked about for a long time until the gospel spread into the Gentile world and people wanted to follow Jesus. They weren't keeping Torah, and there was great debate about what should be done about that, and one of the issues was male circumcision. If you want to know the intensity of this conversation, think presidential election 2016. Think Supreme Court nominee and confirmation. That is an illustration of the intensity of this argument between Peter and Paul, who was going into the Gentile communities. And they were vehemently on either side of the issue and just thought if they talked longer than the other person or louder than the other person, they would somehow convince the other side of their rightness. But something happened to Peter. He was taking a nap, and he had a dream. And in the dream, a sheet became lowered. And there were all kinds of animals in this sheet. There were two-toed uh, hoofed animals. There were animals that were, um, had claws, shellfish, bottom feeders, pigs. And Peter heard God say to him, Come and eat. And Peter, in his dream, said to God, No, you know that I'm forbidden to eat that. And God said to Peter, Do not declare, what is un Do not declare unclean what God proclaims as clean. This stuck with Peter when he awoke from his dream, not really quite sure what to do with it, until a knock came on the door and he was asked to go to someone's house who he had not met. And upon arrival, learned that this person had, told, had told, been told in their dream to send for Peter. Not really sure why to call this man. And the one who had done the summonings of Peter was a Gentile man. And he had something happen in his life. And he said, I was told to send for you because I want to be baptized. 
This was beyond Peter's imagination. He could not fathom what God was up to, but he recognized the spirit of God in work, and this is what he's referring to in this. He says, I truly understand, I know it now, that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. This was a game changer. A huge shift in Peter's understanding of who God is and what God had made known in the person of Jesus. I want to bring this scripture into our own life because we know what division is. And guess what? We're not the first group of people to have felt it. We know what it is to take sides and to know our reasoning on the side from which we stand, the clarity of it. We know what it is to want to advocate for it because we think all is at stake. Indeed, Peter and Paul in their argument felt like all was at stake. They would have said things like, what kind of precedent would this set if we give up this circumcision, Peter would say. So we know what it is to feel this division. And I know as a clergy person, I've talked with other clergy people about what do we do in this division? in the aftermath of the election where it became so stark, the sides. We discussed with one another, what are you doing? What are you doing? One of my friends said, I think I'm gonna wait till it cools down. And I said, it has not been cool for over a year and a half. I don't know when it's gonna cool down. And so I was delighted when one of our dedicated lay people sent me a picture they had found on Facebook of a sign that said, Love Your Neighbor, and listed all kinds of different types of neighbors. And he said, What do you think if we do this sign in front of St. Stephen's? That was on a weekend. And I said, I think this would be a great idea. Let's take it to the vestry, our governing body, which happened to be meeting that upcoming Monday. And so we did. And discussed it there at the vestry, and the vestry said, we think this is a great idea. And so we started to set it into motion. How can we order a sign just using this picture that was found on Facebook? It was going to take a while. We said, how can we get it fast? We found a way to have it for our worship that next Sunday. We blessed it in our worship time, and we paraded it out front and stuck it in the ground. And that's when conversation started. People began to dialogue about who was on the sign and who wasn't on the sign. And why weren't some of these other people on the sign? The conversation became open. Some people saw it as a point of division. Other people saw it as a point of unification. However the opinions came to us, they were clear in their perspective. But the dialogue was what was valuable. What does it mean to love your neighbor? Some of them are easier than others. Who might we have put on that sign? Is there someone who we forgot that you remember? And in our listing of certain people, do, are you reminded of others that aren't even on there? It became a prayer tool for us. And each week, we began to pray about the challenges for each affinity group. If you want to see what those prayers are, go to our website because they're posted on the blog there where we are to date. It became an exercise for us to consider how God is at work in God's creation. And God's work began and continues.
So much so that I was in another conversation saying, what are you doing about the divisions that you see? And a friend 30 years ago, a documentary called Weapons of the Spirit about this little town in France during World War II of about 5,000 Protestant Christians, Huguenots. And when word broke of the Nazi regime and the mission that they were setting out to do, that local pastor in that town said to the people there, we have to respond with the weapons of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so the people began to consider what that meant. And as they found themselves pondering that, people showed up on a train. A handful at first, a few others, different ages, most of them Jewish. And one by one, the community took them in, almost doubling the size of their town by the end of World War II. This was a risky business. But the people of that town and their Christian faith helped them imagine what God was asking of them. The unity of all people. That in God, there is no partiality. All of God's creation is one. When God looks upon the world, God sees the whole entire thing. And when we put on the mind of Christ, we are asked and we discover the same. So these people of this little town took in people one by one. I learned about this by Googling it and found as I looked there that it is being released in the spring of 2017. And I thought, oh, this is the spring of 2017. So I answered the email that was on or the address that was on there to find out how we might have a chance to see it and learned that it hasn't even yet been released. But a dialogue began with the filmmaker that has resulted in our providing an opportunity for it to be seen next weekend, next Friday and Saturday, to hear the story again of faithful Christian people responding to the wrongs in the world, the divisiveness and the threat of injury to all people because of that divisiveness. This is a story of the gospel message that truly God shows no partiality just as Peter brought to us 2,000 years ago. To put on the mind of Christ, as Paul says in his letter of, in, to the Colossians, is to consider how it is that God looks upon the world. And it is only through Christ that we can look upon the world the same. We can't be non-partial of our own strength. Political correctness won't get us there. Politeness won't get us there. It's not something we can do of our own strength. Bishop Tutu it would be another example of what it means to internalize the resurrection. And we heard his words in the opening song this morning, words that definitely ring true. Goodness is stronger than evil. Love is stronger than hate. Light is stronger than darkness. Life is stronger than death.
Victory is ours through him who loved us. Amen. Amen.